Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another episode of the Blackness Friends with me, Robert. With me, Pete. No Moses. No I don't actually know why he's not here this week. Oh, because he's got that writers and scribes, I think, monthly appointment that he has to go to Ooh. on the Thursday. Shout to writers and scribes. Shout, shout. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think I have any news this week, so maybe we should just go straight into it. All right. It's the rock and the rock star and the rock star's wife. Rockstar, the Rockstar's wife. That's cool. That's cool. Hello, Rockstar's wife's hand. You got got a hand to it. It's disgusting. (laughs) Cool. Go one for one. One for one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wonder my phone's making noises. I was saying it's time to sleep. All right. Shall I go first? You want to go first? Yeah, you can go first. Yeah, go ahead. All right, so Peter, when it comes to married couples, you see how if they're having marriage issues and things aren't going too well, like one one of the first questions they get asked is, "How's the sex life?" Yes, yes, I've seen yeah. this before. Look, yeah. Question, question, question. My question today is: Do you think Christians should check up on each other's sex lives, even when there isn't any marital strife in the end? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, why is that? Um, because what's what what's what, what's the, what's so? As in, like checking yeah. the same way you might check in with all like how's your work, how's everything going, you know? Yeah, no, because the sex is an intimate thing between two, and normally, I mean that that question has become sort of a um, a, a a barometer, if you will, of what the situation is, and I think unless there's need to check the temperature, then there's no need to be regularly checking the temperature, as it were. Um, but shouldn't you be checking temperature before the water overboils? Yeah, but then I think there's other things you can check, and that checking that I don't think is the, you know, is that the end or be all? Okay, you're smashing every night, but you're also smashing two other girls because you got the spirit of Solomon. You know, then what's what's the, <laughs> you know, yes, your sex life is good, but yeah, it's of it's of no consequence, as it were. It's, it's um, of some consequence, like very much. Well, as in asking about it, because I will ask and you say, yeah, sex life is good. We're smashing every night, and then it's like. But actually, there's other stuff going on. And so I think there are more important things to check in on on a regular basis. And that question as to, you know, how's the sex life when there's maybe an issue ends up being, I think, it's like, um, it's like a, it's, it's a different stage of the diagnosis process. Um, and I don't think that needs to be something that's made regular. Otherwise, you just get into people's business. And it's like, I don't, because the other, the other thing as well is, so uh, Lighthouse Chapel have this, and I can say them because they've got this, this is part of their resources. They've got the sexometer, um, which is a number of times you should be having sex. I think it's per week and what the number indicates. So it's like, if you're, I can't remember, I can't remember in detail. Um, but it was like if you're having sex every night, then things are okay. If you're having sex twice a week or something, then you're dealing with the struggles of life. <laughs> <laughs> no way. 
if you're dealing, if you're having sex once a month, then there's cause for concern or something along those lines. Um, wow, once so, a month was a bit mad though. <laughs> so it was like, yeah, I, I I think those end up being broad generalizations that also aren't applicable to every couple, because some couple their sex drive both means they're having sex multiple times a day. Another couple, they're just having sex once a month and that's more than enough for them. God help them, whoever they are. But <laughs> um, I, I, I think, I don't think it's, it's so intimate and it's so personal. I don't think it's something that needs to become a regular thing. And I think when it is checked on, it's, as I said, it's at that stage of the process, that stage of the diagnosis where you've gone to see the specialist. It's not your regular GP that's asking you this. It's the specialist. And that's why, that's why I think it needs to stay. Follow up question. Nonsense. Uh, just cause I remember something that happened. So remember when we had um, our Valentine's episode at church? Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, one thing that seemed to come up was husbands be wanting, you know, more sex. Yeah. That was said inadvertently, you know, those, those... No, 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 it was, said, it was said pretty much explicitly, just without yeah. explicit language, yeah. I probably wasn't just the husbands that were saying that. Mm. It wasn't my wife that was saying that, but, you know. Um, that seemed very important for you to clarify. Yeah. Okay. Well, the, the, the question is, what do you think, if any should the church's respond be to such a public outcry if anything if anything the church's response should be sensitive sensitive to the fact that there are different reasons for different there are different reasons for whatever the occurrence might be and you know speaking of the valentine's day event there were specific reasons for one of the couples why you know sex hadn't been a thing in their marriage for a while um and those are those aren't trivial reasons and so i don't think i i i think whatever the response is it has to be sensitive to whatever lies behind that's that that's that sort of the the reason behind that sort of outcry as it were um but then i also think it should be supportive supportive of the partner who's desiring more sex in that no your your body and your wife's your partner's body is yours um, and your body is theirs and you should seek to satisfy each other in this area um even when it's not you know even when it's not necessarily um but maybe when one person desires it more than the other, they should, out of love and out of obedience for the word, give themselves to one another um, in, in, in love and in obedience. But then it should also be advocating for the partner who's wanting sex less to say, you know, again, sensitive to whatever the reason might be, but then, um, you know, trying to meet halfway. You know, you, you maybe you don't want sex at all, or maybe you don't want sex as much. The person wants sex all the time. You guys have to figure out a way of meeting halfway, um, because there's also giving up sex if the partner doesn't want to end love and in obedience to the word. In that your body is your husband's and your your wife's, but then you also are called to steward um, that their their body and and to to take care of them. And so if there's a an issue or there's a reason why they don't want sex as many times you also in love and in taking care of your partner will have to meet them halfway 
And so there's the compromise that will have to be met. So isn't that what marriage is all about? Cool. Very nice. I'm happy with that. Mm. Yeah. All right. So my question. Um, hmm. I want to ask this on the podcast because I've asked you guys before and I've asked both of you before. But uh, the question is, you are the last man on earth. (laughs) The last man on earth. Whatever has happened, children of men occurred. All the men are gone. Obviously, it didn't take me out. I got raptured. Um, But for whatever (laughs) reason, you're the last man on earth. Would you be monogamous? Or would you seek to continue the human species through generously spreading your seed? Jeez, that's the question, isn't it? Um, I recognise for the viewers and listeners that uh, Drea is behind Robert. So, <laughs> make up that's what you will. <laughs> I've... I don't. Well, or to, to be honest, I think it. Like I remember the first time I asked this, I was just like, "Yeah," because I have to, I have to repopulate the earth. And it was late, so. Um, but I think that um, the big issue would be why all the men have disappeared. Like, okay. like if it's a virus that is just killing off men, then me repopulating the world, and then the new men just dying. Um, it's not going to solve anything. Yeah, but then, I mean, if you're going to take it there, you've obviously not been killed by this virus, so it's likely something in your genes. Jeez. I'm the superior race. Um, (laughs) You are the superior race, bro. (laughs) Okay, then, okay, then then, then in that instance, I think I might have to try and bear my cross. Your cross, I'll smashing all these hoes. Cool. I'll pray about it first, and then <laughs> I'll pray about it because we've seen in the Old Testament, God makes provision, and God makes yeah, God, God makes provision for for situations. Hmm. Yeah. Well, and if my wife was really, 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 really against it. I guess we could do that insemination thing. You know, I could just knock one out. Why is that not the first option, though? Why is that not the first option? Because that... It, it cause... would be more efficient. It would be more effective. No, no, no. no. <laughs> that's not the way. That, that, that's not it the way would not be doing. as enjoyable, I guess. It's the... But I'm doing my duty. As the last man. You're not only impregnating, you're satisfied, yeah. And they they won't be singing about Father Abraham, they'll be singing about Father Robert. And many sons. All right, right, cool. Many sons and Father Robert. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be the patriarch. God of Robert, that's that's what they'll be saying. Can I get an amen? Can I ask a follow-up, switch-up question? (laughs) Go on, then. If Drea was the last woman on earth, would you let her repopulate the world by taking other? No, because because it doesn't work the same in reverse. 
It doesn't actually. Yeah, it's only so long. <laughs> you can be pregnant for. <laughs> cool. Oh, follow up, follow up question for me, for for me, for you. Alright. If adultery wasn't a sin in God's eyes, if if adultery wasn't a sin in in, in God's eyes, and monogamy wasn't something that God said He wanted, you know, one one man go with one woman. Do you think that you would be monogamous? So if it wasn't the case that adultery was a sin and monogamous wasn't prescribed, then I think our relationship with um, monogamy would be very different. It would be similar to, I imagine it would be similar to Abraham, Sarah, Hagar, Isaac. um, uh, No, not Isaac, Jacob. Rachel, Leah, and her servants mm-hmm. and stuff like it wouldn't be a thing if that makes sense. Yeah. Um. And so not necessarily for the, and 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 also I think then. Sex wouldn't be viewed as it is viewed now, um, because it's not adultery and it's not prescribed for one person. So, yeah. The unless the if the institution of marriage as defined in Genesis remains the same. That man will leave his wife and um, and cling. Man will leave his father's house and cling to his wife, and the two shall become one. Um, and sort of the um, the requirements sort of for eldership and sexual morality in the Bible remain the same. Then yes, I'd probably still be monogamous because one of the requirements for eldership is that he's a man of one wife, you know, um, in control of his household. Um, and so, you know. Uh, that that suggests to me this is something desirable of a person uh, or of a person that's serving God. So if those things remain the same, then yes, I'd still be monogamous. But if by virtue of this, those things changed as well, then I don't think it would be as big a deal. And then it might just come down to, you know, in addition to enjoyment, um, sort of <laughs> propagating seed and stuff as as was in the case of, you know, Jacob, Rachel and Leah, you know, it was literally like, yo, I'm not giving birth. Here's my servant, you know, know her that I might give birth through her sort of thing. Um, and so it wasn't a thing there, you know, it wasn't like, you know, what Leah, Leah purchased, um, <laughs> Leah purchased Jacob's time. Is it Jacob? Yeah, yeah, Jacob. Jacob, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Leah purchased Jacob's time by giving some fruits to Rachel. It's like, okay, if you give me the fruits, then Jacob. And he's like, yeah, I've purchased you. Come and then smash. And it's like, you know, so it was, it would be different. It would be different. Okay. Cool. All cool. right. That's enough sex talk for now. Amen. Cool. Should we get into the topic for today? So on the day of recording... It is World Book Day. Mm. Did Zara dress up as anything? No, she didn't go into nursery, so we're thinking of dressing up tomorrow. We just don't know what she's going to go as. Okay. (laughs) And it's like, if we don't find anything, we might put her in some container. She goes as an African (laughs) African queen. (laughs) They all see it as a costume. We'll just see it as house clothes, but yeah. Cool, yeah, so World Book Day. Um, I, was, I was actually speaking to, about this with Andrea. I don't think World 
World Book Day was a thing when we were in, in, in primary school? Uh, I don't know about But, but for you, obviously, it was not obviously a thing. That's so racist. What? That's so racist. We had books in Ghana. Yeah, but it's Ghana celebrating World Book Day. If it's an international thing, yeah. No. I, I, we didn't celebrate it though. Fans. Exactly. Well, we we did celebrate because it, it wasn't a thing. I, I think this is this is a new phenomenon, mm. or, or a more recent phenomenon. Um, and so yeah, people are dressing up in all their all their stuff. Let me see if I can find out when it started. Yeah. Yeah. So it's first first celebrated in nineteen ninety eight. Ninety eight. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Well, so I'll be about seven, but I don't, but I don't ever remember. Anyway, mm. I was not going to dress up as anyone, <laughs> even though I was reading the books. I was I was quite a reader. I, I enjoyed reading. Mm. Um, unlike my brothers, they do not seem to like reading at all. <laughs> <laughs> I could be doing some exposing, but I shall not, because you know, I'm going to capture brothers. Anyway, so one of the most famous authors of our time, Roald Dahl. Okay. Yeah, and I don't know if you've been hearing what's been happening with Roald Dahl recently with is it Penguin Books? No, I just saw that Matilda was back in theaters. Okay, so um, Penguin Books, who are who have the licenses to um, Roald Roald Dahl's books, wanted to do some rewriting of them. Um, I've heard of this to make them more suitable for audiences yeah. of the, the the modern era yeah you know so i've got a list of the ones they wanted to change charlie and the chocolate factory yeah. james and the giant peach the twits matilda the witches and the bfg yeah. um they wanted to remove words such as ugly and fat oh my god um they wanted to not called the Oompa Loompa small men, but rather small people. And all of this good stuff. Okay. Yeah. And so they thought, yeah, you know, they want to do this so that it would be more enjoyable for children of this era um, to enjoy the books. Mm. Inclusivity, you know how mm. it goes. Mm. Um, and obviously there was a lot of backlash, even from the Queen Consort, she said, you guys need to chill. Is this the same lady that said to the African lady, where do you come from? No, 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 no. That was another white. I was like, she, she doesn't learn her lesson. <laughs> well, yeah. And so they decided not to change the... No, so, 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 so rather, they'll make these new inclusive books, but keep the old ones as well. Mm. Um, And it just got me thinking about the erasure of literature mm. and how every day we seem to be getting closer and closer to um, 1984. <laughs> what happened in 1984? Uh, uh, so that's the George Orwell book. I don't think I've seen it. You uh, would love it. So mm. in in um, as part of what happens, it's, it's, it's like a dystopia. Mm. And as part of it, there's a constant rewriting of history and literature mm. um, to keep up with the 
um, morals and the ideals of the present. Mm. Um, so, like, an example is, I think there were, like, like two big, con- there, were, there were, like, two or three big continents. And so two might be at war with one at, at one time. Mm. And so that's what, we, what, what will be written in, in, in the books. But then... When they make up, when they yeah. get into a fight with the other one. Yeah, and then they would... They, they won't just say, okay, now we're, we're, we're fighting. They'll wipe mm. out the whole history and say, mm. the fight has always been this. Mm. And, yeah, and I think we're also seeing it in, like, in, like, Disney movies and stuff. They're, they're mm. starting to tweak and remove things from, like, original movies. Really? Yeah, just to make it more palatable for modern sensitivities. Um, mm. even, even what was it? Home Alone. <laughs> Um, they've yeah. t- t- taken out Donald Trump completely. <laughs> I didn't even realize he was in it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I had a cameo That's in it. Sad. Um, they've removed him completely. Um, they're going back and just tweaking things here and there. Um, yeah, in in the name of making it more user friendly for for today's people. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and so I just wanted to talk about the erasure of literature and the and erasure of history and, and that kind of thing and do you think that some things need to be erased or do you think that it's important that we keep everything someone said if history teaches us anything is that man doesn't learn from history and so at the very least it's almost inconsequential what they do um that said i think it's it's an obvious it's it's twofold it's a fear of this sort of outrage culture that means if penguin is to do some sponsorship later on in life and um someone comes and like oh you published this book that uses this word ugly and so we're going to boycott it with social media with the power of this culture you know, there's a legitimate there's a legitimate possibility that that could affect the bottom line and so i i definitely see a sort of proactive protection of their 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 financial viability in doing some of these things in response to what's been seen you know it, it's a smaller scale but kevin hart didn't host was it the oscars mm-hmm. because the 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 internet found tweets he had done several years ago you know and and which were fine back then which were fine back then and which he had apologized for already and demanded that he apologize again um and that ultimately led to him not being able to to do it we also see the internet you know effectively forcing the Snyderverse to be released the Snyder cut to be released you know, and these these again are such huge investments that normally the the audience have no say in. But mm. then with the internet, we realize that actually the crowd, the crowd have far, um, enough power now because they have a voice. Which again, I'm sort of just just because my head is going there, goes back to the Tower of Babel and what happened when people had one language and one voice, which is kind of what the internet has given people is one voice or at least the appearance of one voice and it's interesting the significance of 
what happens when people have one voice. So I think there's that. But then I also think, and this is sort of maybe the more spiritual aspect of things, I think what is happening by the prince of the power of the air. And so if you're not a Christian, you might think this is theoretical or conspiracy theory. But if you are a Christian, then you should be aware, you should be cognizant of the fact that as we are on this earth, this is the enemy's domain. And I think there's a concerted effort by the one pulling the strings. Now, he might not be pulling the strings with Illuminati. He might not be pulling the strings with like some covert family that do occultish things. He might just be pulling the strings with people in prominent places that aren't Christian. I think there's a concerted effort by the enemy to coddle people and to make them less and less resilient, less and less strong, including Christians, because this won't, you know, directly affect a Christian, except you have a a culture that is bringing up these super coddled, super weak minded, super sheep like people. Um, and then when eventually things go, you know, pear shaped and there's the, you know, whatever, it, it, whatever revelations ends up actually looking like if it hasn't already happened because there is that school of thought as well you have people that are much more susceptible to control and i think that's what's happening with a lot of this a lot of revisionist history a lot of fear of using certain words because you're 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 making people soft by not exposing them to truth like now i literally have to revise my understanding of the english language to satisfy someone's opinion of themselves, regardless of whether or not that makes biological sense. I need to refer to, like, anytime Ezra Miller does anything, I get confused reading about it. Because I'm like, they did this. I'm like, who is it? Is there one? What is going on? Bruv, he yeah. is legit legion, bruv. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> and so... I, I, I think there is a concerted effort by the powers, you know, the, the principalities and whatever to coddle people and make them less resilient and more controllable, more susceptible to control when that time does come. So I think there's those two things going on. What do you think about that saying? Um, hard times make hard men, hard men make good times, good times make soft men, soft men make hard times. Do you think that we're just in that part of the cycle now where it's good, good, good times of making soft men and eventually will be forced to, to be hardened again. I think that ends up being that, that's it's, it's a somewhat astute observation of history. And this is what I mean by history teaches us that men don't learn from history because we can say and acknowledge that. And that doesn't stop the soft men from being made. That doesn't stop things from going um, pear-shaped. Um, so I, I I can't say, you know, definitively is that accurate in all cases, but it definitely seems like a, a, a reasonable uh, summary of what's been going on. You know, you look, you look at history, you look at the way nations are made, the way nations fall, and there seems to be that pattern. Mm. So in terms of being resilient, so <laughs> another author they were talking about um, was Enid, Enid Blythe. Enid Blyton or Enid Bly? Whatever her name I, is. I don't know Enid Bly. Uh, I yeah. think it's Enid Blythe. Let me have okay. a quick look. Let me have a quick look. 
And so she, <laughs> Blyton, you need Blyton. Yeah. yeah, Famous Five. Famous Five. <laughs> so apparently <laughs> she had the book called The Three Little Negroes. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and so they went and changed the name of that book. And then there was another book where um, there was like a black doll and it was being outcast by the other dolls until it went and stood in the rain and then the rain washed away all the black and made it white again. Damn. And, <laughs> and then all the dolls accepted. <laughs> That's right. Yo, tell me how you feel. Tell me how you really feel. So with, with stories like though, you think that looking at the time we're in now, is it right to put those to the side or is it a, a thing that we should be saying, oh, just man up? If you, if you don't like it, don't read it. No, because it's part of history. And I think it's important that we know those books existed because it speaks to the times. Like it legitimately speaks to the times. And I think we should be, we shouldn't wash these things away. You know, we, sh- we, should, we shouldn't ignore them. We shouldn't. It's, it's effectively putting your head in the sand and acting like it's always been okay. It hasn't. And so I think those things should remain. In it blighting, I, I actually, so the name stood out to me because it's, once this whole, you know, LGBTQ plus thing started popping off, I realized that actually some of the seeds of that were planted a lot earlier. And her famous five, I think it's George in the famous five, who is a girl, but wants to be referred to as a boy. And has changed her name to George and was wearing boys' clothes. And that oh, really? was in Famous Five. And this is a thing that I watched growing up. Like, legitimately, Famous Five was supposed to be like, kind of like the Hardy Boys, kind of like Scooby Doo Gang, like solving, I think, solving stuff. At least that's how I remember it. And you had this, and it never occurred to me. It never was like significant, but I can only imagine, you know, how many of the. LGBTQ from our generation were inspired to see a girl who, you know, identified as a boy at the time. There was not that language. And it was sort of, it was masked. It was very well masked as just sort of, yeah, George is a playboy or a tomboy or whatever and, and, and that. But she legitimately changed her name. I think her name was Georgie or Georgina or whatever, made it George, and also would wear boys' clothes. And it was right there, right in front of us, you know. So I think these things should... I think they should be preserved for what they are. You know, oh. it's it's the same problem with sort of whitewashing, not, not even whitewashing, but almost trying to hide slavery. Like they don't get, I don't, I don't know actually, I don't know if they get taught a lot about slavery in this country. Um, or, I don't remember getting taught about slavery. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I don't remember it either. Um, and, and sort of Britain's um, involvement in it that sort of gets swept under the carpet, you know, nicely. And it's like, no, we we need to we need to be cognizant of these things and of the 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 ills and and the flaws that our nation has had, um, in order to just be realistic about where we need to go. You know, the crusades and all of these things end up being hidden, and 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 so yeah, no, I don't think these things need to be sanitized for current sensibilities i think people need to recognize that things have not always been a certain way um yeah uh, what, what do you think i th- yeah I, I totally agree history is what history is and mm. um in the same way you can go to a museum and look at things from the past you, you should be able to read a book and be like oh this is what people are doing yeah. like i think about old school 
Disney where they would have their gaudy work like characters. Yeah. We had the Africans doing a Wunga Bunga kind of stuff. Yeah. You know? Um, think about Mr. Popo, you know? Think about the original Pokemon Jinx, you know? Before it was purple, she was black. You know, she was legit black. <laughs> I've, I've heard that thing about anime and how they do black people. Yeah. Um, and, and even... I was thinking about flipping, you know, Lady and the, is it Lady and the Tramp? Lady and the Tramp. With the Siamese cats. We are Siamese, if you please. <laughs> Yo, that was crazy. To even Dumbo, where you had the crows that would like the black guy singing. Yeah, yeah. Right, all of that stuff is great. Sometimes we might look back at it now and feel like, right, that's a bit, that's a bit mad. Mm. But it shows a growth and how things have evolved. Yeah, and the problem with cancel this, erase this is you might you might think you're on the right side of justice now, but even this conversation that we're having right now, Mm. in ten twenty years, we could lose everything (laughs) because (laughs) of what we're saying. Yeah, and um, and the same people who are coming with the pitchfork, the pitchforks will come, might come for you one day. So it's a dangerous game to play. Either that, or you will be continuously made to conform to what the masses are saying. This is the right thing to do, or this is the right way to think. And there's only one right way to think. There's only one right way to do it. Like I remember when um, Joe Biden was on a breakfast class, a uh, bre- 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 breakfast club. And then um, Charlemagne the God asked him, why should um, black people vote for him? And he was like, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. I said, black people are a monolith and black people should, all black people should think one way and have one political view. And if you don't, if you deviate from this, then you're not black. Um, and I think we see that in our culture, like if you don't talk a certain way, or oh, you're talking like a white person. I said black people can't talk a whole different way, yeah. different ways. Yeah. Um, and, and even with that, you, there's something insidious there. There's something very insidious there that if you, because the way a black person talks as presented by that rhetoric is, well, wrong. Like that's not how you're, that's not how the English language works. And so it's like for you to speak that the, 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 the underlying sort of very subtle idea is, to be black is to be uneducated and wrong and to be oh. right is to be educated and sort of articulate. And it's like, uh, if that's not the devil, I don't know what is. <laughs> and, and in trying to be inclusive, we're just causing so much more division than there was mm. before. Uh, you know what, maybe the world just needs to burn and then regrow from the ashes once again, you know? Well, God said you wouldn't do a flood. Maybe we could have, have a worldwide wide earthquake. Well, that's the expectation, isn't it? Or maybe, or maybe parademons will come. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, okay, all right. Um, talking about revisionistness, that's the word I just made up. Evidently. Um, how do you feel about there being so many translations of the Bible? Some some quote unquote better than others some like the message <laughs> yeah relax if you put that like the message yeah. 
And do you feel like there's any need for any more translations of the Bible, or do you think that with the plethora we have at the minute, it's enough? At least for like the English English written ones, you know. No, because I think the beauty of God's word is that it's designed in such a way that so long as you come to the word with the right intent, regardless of its translation, God is able to meet you. Um, And so I think, you know, whatever the translation is, and all these translations end up having different reasons behind their translation, be it, you know, making it, recontextualizing the language with today's language, like the message, or based on newer um, findings on, on advancements in archaeological uh, finds and, and what that means for our understanding of translations. Because, again, we do, by grace, have significantly close to the original um, manuscripts, right? And so there is always the original upon which these things are based. And what we're finding is they're improving in their ability to translate. They're improving in their ability to understand what that original language was. And so as the technology advances, I think, yeah, you know, if that's resulting in clearer, better translations, then yes, especially we've got we've got the technology that can do it. We've got, you know, we're we're increasing in technology. I think that's fine. Um, I think the underlying truth is that the power of God's word is not limited by the translation. And as much as it can be sort of maybe um, distorted somewhat, you know, some of these translations be, be a bit sus, but um, God's still able to work through it and he's still able to meet people. So, how, how do you feel about translations like the NIV where there are like pieces of scripture that are that have been like removed or it's or the same omitted? it's the same and and that's why i would never say one translation is the very best you know ideally i'd say yo study and compare as many translations as you can and if you can and there is access to it now there's so much software that helps you access the original words go to the original words now that's not what everyone is called to um but I would say, you know, there's if you can, that would be my recommendation is, you know, study diligently. Um, but if if not to, by God's grace, you know, he's still able to talk to us through, you know, the NIV or the message, you know, or the passion. You know, he's still able to, he's still able to, he's still able to communicate something. I know um, the passion's all right. I like the passion. Yeah, look into who wrote the passion or how many people wrote the passion. Who wrote the passion? No, it wasn't a bad person. It was just one person. It was one person's interpretation. It's like, okay. Is that bad? When it comes to translating stuff like that, you want you want a team. You want... I mean, even a Septuagint was written by 70 or 77. You don't want one person and they're going to account for all the various possibilities. Yeah. But, yeah, but again... Yeah, but if it's 70 people, I'm assuming they, they would have had, like, similar backgrounds. So it's the fact that there's 70 of them better if they're all coming from the same the same place. You've heard. You've heard. Well, they, they were all from different... I think they're all from different tribes. And so that's why there's a difference between 70 and it was how many from each tribe that made 70. I can't remember. 
but yeah there's 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 that but then you also want there's safety in consensus and so if we or whether even if they're small differences in opinion are able to come to consensus there's safety there than one person like that's a dictatorship and how many of those are good so and there's some discrepancies with the passion as well but we don't need to get into that yeah are you trying to know what's in um creed 3 yes yes maybe not in cinemas immediately but i do want to watch it i i don't I don't think they're doing something original, though. A guy comes from your past, and it's like, oh, he's got beef now, and for some reason, and why do they have to get arrested by the police? Yeah, like, like, go to go to chess club or something, you know? Yeah, but that's, break the mold. That's, that's been the story. Like, I feel like we've seen the story before. Two guys coming up. One guy takes the fall. Normally, he takes the fall for the one guy that gets stays out, and then he comes back later on in his life when he's coming to collect because he feels trying to get his revenge. Like, I feel like that's been done, you know. And it's like, uh, you know, and and but but yeah, you know, the Creed movies always get me hyped. They always get me, oh. yeah. So it'll be interesting. I haven't watched any of them, so I, so I, I want to try and power power through them this weekend. I, I like them. I, I really, I really like them. Yeah. yeah. I watched the Rocky movies. I watched one of the Rocky movies. Would you say the Creed movies are better than, than the Rocky movies? I can't compare. I can't make a comparison. I've only seen the Creed movies properly. I can't even remember which Rocky I watched. If it, yeah, I think I did watch one. I think it was the one that he faced the younger guy. But again, I didn't have, I didn't really feel it. But the Creed movies that that I felt that I liked. Yeah. Did you see um, that interview that Michael Jordan had with that girl that he went to that he went to school with? No. no. Oh, it was it was great. So it was one red carpet event, and then she was interviewing Michael Jordan. He was like, "Oh yeah, we go we go way back." And I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, you're the guy. You, uh, you call me that um um the corny kid, right? You call me the corny kid, right?" And she was like, "No, I didn't say that." She was like, "Yeah, you said that. Yeah, you said that." <laughs> Yo, <laughs> hold grudges much? Yeah, it was, it was now. So And then she was panicking, and then, and then she tried to make jokes between him and what's his name, Jennifer Majors, mm. about who is you know who's sexiest. And then they were like, "We don't do that around here." And then yo, they were oh, so this, was, it on her. this was a funny in the sense of like bad for her, funny. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'll tell you the link afterwards. It was great. Um, it was funny. Yeah. It was great. Um, what do you think about come ups? So, do you think that there are things from our past that we should hold on for and give receipts if we're given the opportunity, or do you think bygones should just be bygones? I so I kind of I don't like boxes, but I guess people would put me into the box of stoic uh, when it comes to like philosophy and stuff like that, and so. I think holding on to stuff ends up being more burden on you. What if you don't get the opportunity to give receipts and you've carried this your whole life for what reason? Um, and just for all the these, hope that you can, just for the hope. I, I, I see that as a waste of time. You know, everything that we go through shapes us and brings us to where we are now. You know, I, I don't think there's any need for sort of, oh, look at me now sort of thing. I, I, I don't believe in that. So, yeah, I wouldn't do it. But it's. Yeah, because you don't like starting. It's funny when you see it done, though. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. 
you you I'm guessing are you holding on to anything from your past that if you see this person you'll be like yeah there's a couple old girlfriends that were like oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's funny ouch (laughs) do it again do it again Joe. no well you know because actually I might seriously I don't know I don't think so, but if I did see an ex girlfriend, there might be a bit a bit more spring in my step as I pass them on the street. Did I tell you when I bumped into your next girlfriend? No. Yeah, I, I I I bumped into her at a friend, well, an old friend's sort of event, and there was no expectation at all that she would be there. But I bumped into her from across. I saw her. I saw her when I was coming in, and I was like, "Huh? Oh, okay." And she saw me, but obviously I've shaved my head and everything and, and, and changed somewhat. So she didn't, you didn't actually, shave the, your head, Peter. I, oh, my hair's fallen out. Yeah, Thus, thank you. I've, God has decided to be my barber. <laughs> That's, you know, I've, I've changed somewhat since, <laughs> since, since they knew, they knew me. And so it was like, yeah, it was just, it, it was weird. And I wasn't when I had to go around there to go and help out with some technical stuff. And she was like, are you Peter? I was like, yeah. I'm, like, I'm, you don't, because I've shaved my head, you don't recognize me or something. Um, I was like, oh, I thought it was you, blah, blah, blah. And I was just going to keep it like cough aesthetic and then move on. And then someone else, <laughs> someone else from my old church came and was like, Peter, hey. And African. So no regard for the fact that I'm talking to someone. Peter, hey, do you live in Kent? I was like, yes. Oh, I have seen you with your daughter and your lovely wife. And I'm like, yo. <laughs> I was gonna just keep all that quiet and keep moving on. <laughs> nah, you just don't want these hoes sometimes. And then she was like, Oh, oh you're married and you got a child. I was like, Oh yeah, I was like, cool. I just kept it moving. I didn't wanna I didn't wanna tell her. No, 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 no. And, and then after after you you say that, you say, So how's your husband doing? <laughs> So I was like, did you ask? And I was like, no, I didn't. I didn't you ask. should have asked. I didn't. No. You should have asked. And, and the way he says, no, he's like, oh, don't Someone coming for you around the corner. I don't that's know. That's timing is the best timing. I know that's for you, but I don't know if he's got timing for her, but yeah. <laughs> why, Peter? Why? I just I didn't feel the need to do all of that. I, I wanted to just move on quickly. And, and be gone but yeah. yeah sometimes it's good to stunt man sometimes it's yeah. good to show the future, your past that the future is better can I get an amen amen that's right she, she tries to suggest oh yeah we should keep in touch I was like nah it's cool I was like yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> that was I, got, I got to run I'm like, oh, okay cool like, yeah. you know, let the past be the past yeah <laughs> that was funny though. That's good. Do you know, I don't know what else to talk about. I think I'm out of topics. Maybe there's anything you, you, you'd like to discuss on the podcast. We're at 47. Yeah, but I'm used to an hour. Wait, I think Andrew's cooking something in her mind. Mm. Nothing's cooking. Okay, nothing's cooking for Andrew. Anything for you, anything you want to talk about, Peter? Um, not, not necessarily something I want to talk about. Um, I don't think I have anything worth talking about per se yeah 
No, that's not for the podcast. Well, oh. it looks like looks spicy. like we're, it looks like we're having problems. Spicy. There's nothing spicy happening. We are currently experiencing performance issues. Uh, <laughs> I think I think forty seven minutes is okay. No, it's late. It's been a long day, you know. So, so that... Good morning. Oops. But yeah, okay. Let, let let's end it there because I don't want to ramble on when there's nothing to ramble on about. Um. Yeah. Cool. Hookups. Yeah. Cool. Um, my hookup will be some. Well, actually, no. This comes out on Monday, so there's no point. There's no point in that hookup. Yeah. No, you go first. I had a hookup, but it'll be it'll be gone by Monday. So. Okay. Well, I've got two hookups. Thanks. Okay. The first one is a movie. Um, called Broker. Oh. It's a it's a Korean movie that's out in in cinemas at the moment, and it basically tells the story about um, this duo who um, s- steal a baby from a church baby box with the intent of selling a it church on. baby box. Yeah. What's so, a church so, baby box? So 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 that so like a baby box is is a place where mothers can come and leave children that they don't want. Oh, and then, man. yeah, <laughs> this is a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. Wow. Yeah, and um, yeah, and this one just happened to be like within a church, and so um, two guys were on shift, and so they took the baby, and then they want to go and sell it on the black market to make to make some money. Mm. Um, but then the mom has second thoughts, and she comes back, and she wants to be involved in the process of being able to sell the baby. And it's just talking about the adventure of of trying to sell this baby. <laughs> oh my gosh! It's really good. It's really good. It's, it's Korean. It's got subtitles. What that good stuff. It was really good, wasn't it, babe? It was great. <laughs> mm. Nice little adventure. All right. And your second uh, hookup. Second hookup is a Netflix series, four episodes. Called the secret. Oh, I haven't watched that either. Oh, so it's basically the story. It's it's basically a true story, um, set set in Northern Ireland. And I think it started in nineteen ninety one, about this dentist this. and this Sunday school teacher yeah, yeah, who um, are both married to different people, but they start to have an affair, and then the plot scheme to kill their respective spouses so that they can be together and just tell that story that's a spoiler no because it's talking about it it was in the synopsis talking about murder and so they can be together yeah Hmm. was really good yo it was a roller coaster we had many discussions about what is coercive behavior and what is not I think women just need to learn how to take accountability for their actions. Well, <laughs> I see my wife does not agree. <laughs> Stress. <coughs> yeah, that's me. Cool. I want to, so my hookup will now be, um, I want people to just be get yourself a little bit more educated on what AI is doing. Jeez. So there's, lots of, uh, there's lots of open AI stuff because yeah, open source AI, chat GPT, um, 
what's the other ones? There's a few. Um, but all of these guys, all these AI sort of um, applications coming up, I think people should just be a little bit more educated on what AI is doing. On the one part, because it's not AI as we think AI is, or as we imagine AI would be, you know, the whole, oh, it's... Um, uh, what's it called? It, it's involving. It's, yeah, it's it's so intelligent and stuff. It, it's not all that. But not yet. Also, not well. Yeah. Also, what it can't do um, in terms of uh, if you if you're trusting AI to sort of write an article for you and stuff, it won't be. It doesn't. It's not designed to be factually correct. It doesn't care about facts. <laughs> and so you might want to like check it. Um, but then also know what you are doing in giving all the information that you are giving to AI. So that's that's also be mindful of as well. China's watching. It's not a Chinese thing. No, but wow, China be China in both. Uh, apparently, America might ban TikTok soon. Well, They've been trying to do that, haven't they? But now it's too late. <laughs> they have all the information. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everything. Your, all your videos, all your pictures, they, they take all that information. Mm. We'll be tied you anyway. <laughs> Uh, what am I saying? Shout out to the intro outro music, count turns for the Audrey Mez logo, Twitter at the Furnace UK, Instagram at TBS Furnace. You can email us at tbsfurnace.com. You can find us at soundcloud.com forward slash Furnace No Apostrophe on all good pod- podcast websites and apps. Max Furnace with the Apostrophe. And that's it. Sweet. So this is the Blacksmith's Furnace signing out.